This podcast is brought to you by Smart Mouth. Hey guys, Glover here for Smart Mouth. Let me just make this as simple as possible. It's not the biggest problem in your life, but having a hole in your face that naturally stinks. And it is natural because it's bacteria eating protein, making sulfur gas. That's what makes the hole in your face stink. And up until now, all we've been able to do is mask it. Brush our teeth, scope, Listerine. Fine, thanks, guys. Now you can move out of the way because Smart Mouth kills it once and for all. Smartmouth.com slash Glover. Welcome back, guys. DGS, three minutes past 5 p.m. Time for the Think Tank. Today is going to be a good one. I have a good feeling about this. Uh, my new friend, Michael Butler, who is uh, the St. Louis Recorder of Deeds. I don't feel good about you today. You, <laughs> did, have, you have you been with Stacy before? No, I haven't. Oh, my goodness. Uh, awesome. My also good friend, Stacy Washington. Stacy on the right. It's so good to see you again. It's yeah, been way too long. I've missed your face. Yeah. Thanks for having me over here. You look beautiful as usual. Thank and you. So your digs are lovely. No. Never been here. Well, You've never I've been, been here. Actually, I have. I've been to the Dave Glover. Well, you're Dave Glover. No. The round table. The Reardon round table. Yes. But that was years ago. Yeah. Like six, seven years right, ago. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, this is a darn new home. Yeah, so it's fancy. Come back. Yeah. Uh, Gene Evans, who is the executive director of the Missouri GOP. Good to be back. Yeah, you guys are going to... Mike, just hope you had your Wheaties today. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, I want to start out with um, a plea to you for a favor. Uh, Rocky Sickman, who you know all know, uh, is a really good friend of mine and a national hero, uh, was one of the hostages in Iran for 444 days. We do each other lots of favors in helping out veterans and he reached out to me uh with very sad news that his son spencer who i also have met great guy his girlfriend olivia a beautiful young woman was shot last night you guys may have heard about this in the news it happened in the city of st louis uh she was parking her car after work she's a hard-working young woman and two guys with bandanas over their face approached her car and she tried to drive away and they shot her and it hit her in the shoulder it went through her chest and it's about uh an inch from her heart and so uh we think she's going to be okay but she is also going to have a gigantic hospital bill and even though she works six days a week she couldn't afford insurance it's like made for the think tank and uh so she needs some help and for everything that rocky has done for our country and continues to do for our veterans hopefully and uh I know the DGS audience will step up, go to our Facebook page or our blog. There's a link to the GoFundMe and uh, help out any way you can because this poor girl was just doing her job, came home late at night. These two guys tried, I, I'm assuming, to carjack her, and she tried to get away and got shot, and there you go. Um, so last time we, you were on, Mike, we talked about uh, you know violence in the city of St. Louis, and there's yeah. only so much you can do, but we got to do better. Well, I agree, and I, I think one thing I said last time was about how the state government can really invest in um, in reducing crime. I think the the, the one inter- government that has been uh, really absent with all this is 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 the state government. And you know, I, no one worked harder in Jefferson City than I did to try to get funding for programs in the city of St. Louis. Like, I mean, we got a, a, a through the budget about half a million dollars for a community policing program and, and funding for it police substations and the neighborhood ownership model in the city of St. Louis, which worked drastically to, uh, in, in the neighborhoods that it was implemented in, uh, reduced crime by about 60%. Um, and we got all the, way, all the way to the governor's desk when Governor Gridens was there, and he refused to, uh, to he withheld the money for over over a year. 
And then when uh, Governor Parsons came into office, uh, he had about three weeks to release those funds, and we begged him. We begged him, and he did not release those funds. Hmm. So, Gene, any um, idea what that's about from the Republican side? I'm not familiar with that particular. I know uh, our Attorney General, Eric Schmidt, is working with the city on a new initiative. Uh, there was also a bill to to address the carjackings, which just sounds like this was, that we couldn't get through. Um, there was a lot of opposition from Democrats on that. And I think that there is plenty of blame to go around for, on a lot of different things. But um, the funding thing, and I know our, our current governor, he was just in Kansas City meeting there talking about violence and has been visiting more with city leaders and law enforcement and the major urban hubs where we have so much violence more than any governor in recent history, at least in my, in my lifetime. So yeah. he, he's definitely been reaching out. Um, and it's a multifaceted issue. We've talked about the drug wars. We've got carjackings. We've got crime here. That's just unbelievable. And I, I, I will tell you this, there's a lot of people, um, and, and most of them are on my side, but on their both sides of the aisle that don't think sending another $500,000 to the city is going to help. Because the city seems to be the black hole for money, where the money just goes into this place and it disappears and we never see it again. So there is always hesitancy about throwing money at a problem is what we would say. But that doesn't mean we don't want to address it. And if there is a financial way, a way that requires money that will be effective, I think you will see our governor as well as we've already seen with Eric Schmidt get behind it. So I I think the city needs more than meetings and reaching out um, and We've, uh, you know, this the state has got to put his money where his mouth is, and uh, there's, and we both know, being legislators, that uh, you can you can have a program that's good on paper, but if it has no funding behind it, it's not actually a program. Well, you and, know, I, and and you know, there there's a lot of uh, waste, fraud, and abuse uh, around, and but the problem is that the state has not invested anything to reduce crime. It hasn't done any. That's hasn't not true. Done, I mean, hasn't done it, it, it's absolutely true. It is not true. Once, for, for example, again, when you were there, again, nobody, no one. No one fought for for reducing crime in the city of St. Louis in Jefferson City than I did in six years. Oh, so no, we one. Had, there was a- no one got on the floor of the house and talked about crime in the city of St. Okay, Louis. We had- every chance they get. They got than I did in Jefferson City, and I can tell you, Frank's got for, millions of you, dollars for Slate, and that you, was going to help reduce you, crime and kids. And up, that was withheld as well. That, well, that money so was money, also never money ever made, it, made it to the city of St. Louis. That money so ended up getting never withheld made after they the found out there was misappropriations so the point there. I, the, point which, I, the point I'm making is that um, the state government has not invested in and not put his money where his mouth is on this issue. And then I and if if. If we really, and the, the point is, we don't. The city of St. Louis is, is, is diverting about sixty percent of its budget directly to public safety, and there's there we're we are at the top of our budget as much as we can give for for crime. So, we but need, you still we, need more money. We That's need, what you're asking we'll for. We'll need hmm. the state government to begin to be a participant, and uh, I. I I've, I've been there. I've fought for it for six years. I spent most of my young life fighting to reduce crime in the city of St. Louis and banging my head against the wall each time trying to beg State's your state government to do something. I don't know. So I tend to be much more on the long haul with crime. So I know that obviously community policing, it can be helpful. And there are studies around mm-hmm. the country that have shown its efficacy at different levels, depending on the reception to the community, to that community policing. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about it working in certain areas. And so the issue clearly here is the money. And so what I feel as a St. Louis County resident is that I see a lot of my tax dollars, they just get 
sucked up and they're high. I mean, my taxes are really high. I, uh, some people are proud about it at cocktail parties, but I get angry. I don't like that. Um, so the taxes are super high. The money gets sucked up because mm-hmm. we can afford it. And then the city of St. Louis says, okay, bring that down over here so we can reduce crime. And I, I tend to agree with Eugene that it's, it's not strictly a money issue. And I think the resistance that you're seeing at the state level is that they're hearing from constituents like me who are saying, oh, I'm sorry, you're raising our taxes again. Now, we just had a historic tax cut. It was fantastic. We did something we couldn't do in 100 years, got done in Jeff City. I'm so glad to see my bill last year. I was like, OK, this is moving in the right direction. Right. I want to see crime in the city of St. Louis reduced as well. I think it's a travesty that we have so many young people in this country, but in St. Louis City that look like me, they look like my kids. And they're going straight to hell. They're going to jail first. They're dropping out of school first. First, they're dropping out of school. Second, they're, go- they're going to jail. Then they're going to jail again. And by that third strike, that's their new life. It's, it's a life of crime in and out of jail. And they're dying. So, yes, we do need to do something about it. But is money the answer? So, so we could probably argue about that all day. Money is but not the what answer. You mentioned that it was effective. Where? What statistics? Where's the link? Where, where I, can the rest of us who live in the county, whose money you're talking about, where can we find out so, exactly how fa- effective so that the was? Money is, it, it's not just, money is not going to solve the problem. The but you're talking about the money. Solutions solve the problem. They require, they require funds. Sure. And uh, solutions to crime to, to Deborah will reduce crime have been presented to state government over and over again and have actually like not only were they just they, they came out of committee they were added to a bill they got all the way to the governor's desk uh, and and then it, the money was withheld and then but, those, but those programs when I say money was withheld that. those programs were stopped from coming to city of St. Louis those solutions were blocked. For example, what kinds of programs? The na- do you funding for the neighborhood ownership, expanding the neighborhood ownership model, which is which is a not just a policing program, but community program that enhance that that organize community members to take their own neighborhoods and take responsibility for their own neighborhoods. The funding for that was going to go towards police substations and organizing efforts for community members. For community, this is for community. So um, paying sec- people to Another organize. Is, I'm, I'm trying to see the connection paying, between the money and what you said. Community substations. I know what that is. That's so a building. Where I don't. People I really don't have paid. time. To but what spend, about the community? I really don't people. have time on this sort of program to spend. Uh, to t- well, you talk can about give us three examples. Of, three Lafayette examples. Square is a neighborhood in which, in which the uh, the neighbor ownership model began, and I can give you one example of how in, in two, between the years of 2010 and 2012, where their crime was reduced by 60 percent because. Uh, the the police chief and, and Dan Dan Ison was the d- director of public safety before uh, before the, uh, the so new the administration. most recent fifteen years over the past fifteen so, years. So and the re- crime was reduced drastically in the neighborhood because of the neighborhood ownership model it was championed by Lewis Reed here in, in the general, city. In general, what happened though? Like in, in general, in, what happened with the the program ended up falling off and and, and losing a lot of, losing all of its steam because. It never got any investment from state government. Got some as much investment as possible when Jennifer Joyce was Jennifer Joyce. Uh, uh, we used as to live in Lafayette attorney. Square adjacent. The, I know the crime. There used to be a drug house right I on the still corner live, that burned down. I still live from adjacent where we live. Lafayette Square. I yeah. live right. I live. I, I live in there right next door. We to haven't it. lived there so for fifteen years. The, the, so I think the I'm in that time neighborhood frame where you're talking was a, about. Was, so the point: neighborhood ownership model is a program. Cure violence is a program that that is that's uh that has already been approved by the president that's been supported by the president board of alderman lewis reed has been approved by a lot of crews and has recently been said it's something that's an organizing program that's gonna uh, uh, provide results provide results in other cities um they're gonna need some investment too so the point i'm making is these are programs that need some investment just like other programs and other solutions that are, are around the so state we're out of time for a segment. just so well. i understand it uh to me there are two buckets one is we have young people who aren't criminals yet, and we want to keep them from being criminals. Mm-hmm. Here are the programs. The other bucket is 
too late. They're criminals. We got to stop them. And and Michael, you're saying that we're at our uh, we're busting our budgets on public safety. We don't have any more money to throw at. Let's stop the criminals. So let's stop the next wave of criminals who are the young kids. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we have to do both. Okay. I mean, we're we're the number one homicide city in the entire country per capita. And, absolutely. And, and Kansas City is the number seven homicide city in the entire country. Springfield is the number. It's top ten. I, I think they're, they, they're up at number six in property crime, crime in the entire country. We're not a crime city. We're a crime state. Yeah. And this and and is it uh, drugs? So it's not just drugs. Is that what fuels it's, gangs though? It's not. So it's I, turf I, wars. I think, we have some turf wars going what, on in the city of St. Louis. You can drill down. I wrote about it before. You can drill down and find certain hotspots in the city where multiple murders happen on a regular basis, and those are driven by turf wars over who's going to deal drugs to the people who live there, who's going to, who has the right to to deal drugs on what street. That's a part of it, but we haven't yet discussed at all the real core of it, which is we have broken families, and it no no amount of money we could spend a billion dollars a year on crime actual crime remediation so we have police substations everywhere we could live in a police state if people are going to to have families that are broken and kids who are unsupervised and kids who are starving kids who can't read on grade level by age you know eight or nine or third third fourth grade yeah those kids are on a prison pipeline that police officers can't they can't stop unless we had a one-to-one ratio and we know we don't have that we have a billion police interactions a year we have millions of police officers Per capita, what do we have? One for every 100 let's, citizens? Let's take it up, we're late yeah, for break. Take it up right after this. DGS Think Tank. Welcome back, guys. Really good Think Tank today. We have Michael Butler, who is the uh, St. Louis Recorder of Deeds. Gene Evans is the Executive Director of the Missouri GOP. Uh, our old friend, Stacey Washington, the host of Stacey on the Right. And so far, we started talking about the city because uh, Rocky Sickman's son's girlfriend was shot last night and has a bullet lodged next to her heart and she has a GoFundMe uh, to help with hospital expenses uh, on our Facebook page and we're talking about the city here and Stacy was making the point that uh, look we could invest a billion dollars but that doesn't solve broken families and here's just the most subtle of examples. So I'm downtown all the time. My studio is kind of in the heart of where a lot of the homeless people hang out. And the other day I was sitting over at uh, the Soldiers Memorial where I do a lot, just pre-show, collecting my thoughts. And I saw a, a very common thing. It's so subtle. But I saw a mother walking with no more than a three-year-old son. And the three-year-old son was on the sidewalk behind her by 30 feet. And she was talking on the phone and walking and minding her own business and her three-year-old's 30 feet behind her. And it's just the kind of thing that I wouldn't do. None of you would do it. You would never let your three-year-old walk in the city of St. Louis 20, 30 feet behind you. It's the most subtle, nuanced thing. But I thought, there's a difference right there. That ripple effect of letting your toddler walk alone without you having eyes on them is it shows me what kind of parenting this kid has all the time. And you see it all the time. And yeah. it just makes your heart hurt. Yeah, and it's not just in the city. I mean, I just had a conversation with someone about their business and the problem they have. They work with young mothers and the kids are out of control. And the kids are jumping all over things and tearing things up. And the the parents, if you say to the mom, it's usually the mom that's there, can you ask your children not to jump off the furniture or onto the furniture? They get yelled at. 
And they've even had people threaten to sue them. Now I can tell you what, if that kid falls and cracks their head open, who's going to get sued? Mm. But there is a lack of attention to, to families. And what the, the workers told me was the, the moms are usually on, on their phone. But whether you're on your phone or doing something else, I'm guilty of being on my phone quite frequently as well. But just taking care of your kids and and we are allowing generations of kids. I mean, at one point it was the TV we were allowing to raise them. Now we're, let, we're allowing other things to, to yeah. raise our kids. And that the lack of the family union and expectations. And yeah. then those are being reinforced by our school system, quite honestly, of a school that doesn't want to make waves. And so they, they can't enforce any kind of rules. Otherwise, the parents so are... So everyone kind of looks the other way? Everyone looks the other way unless everybody kind of get away with everything. And when yeah. you, if you talk to teachers... Teachers are happiest when they're in schools with strong leadership, where you have a principal or a leader who is willing to address parental issues and back their teachers. And you have but the parents are involved there too. The strongest school districts we have here in this state are ones in which there's high parental involvement. That's true. Lots of high. So the the percentage of parents who actually attend one or more parent teacher conferences a year is really high. Yep. There are certain indicators that go along with the fancy building, the the AC, you know, the white, the smart boards, all that stuff. But I guess my question is because I'm 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 super interested in things that work. Mm-hmm. So for me, my tax dollars going to something that works is something I I won't just grin and bear it or grit my teeth. I'll be behind it. I'll advocate for it. But I I what I have to hear is you have to be able to sell because you talked about it going all the way up to the governor. You have to be able to sell not just the governor but people like me on how the money that you're asking for for the city of St. Louis actually stops crime and it can't just be a one like a one trick pony where you're talking about community policing and then you're talking about the other bucket of crime prevention or really it's not crime prevention it's people get carjacked the police show up and investigate because they can't actually prevent crime and they have no duty to or obligation to do it so tell me sell me and you're on the radio you're speaking to hundreds of thousands of people how does what you're saying the governor won't fund actually stop crime if you could sell that then i would take it i'm the person who'll do it i'll take it i'll sell it to all my girlfriends at book club you could actually get the funding you want i know people so do do you but but sell me okay so all right boom so we would First, we can't police ourselves out of this problem. You have police, you have policing and prosecution, mm-hmm. and so prosecution does go does go uh, aside. This, and you're right, the attorney general was helping out on that side, as well as our our circuit attorney Kim Garner is making some 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 changes that uh, a lot of folks in the city wanted that are going to help with to reduce our prison population and, and on the prosecution side, policing side, we want to improve our policing. But let's talk about parenting. Let's talk about the third P. Um, I had a bill in the Jefferson City called the Parent Teacher Involvement Act. And it was really a bill to support a program called Homeworks, which is uh, has a lot of uh, programs in the city of St. Louis and in St. Louis County. Uh, they're, they're in quite a few schools in, 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 within, and they do a lot of private nonprofit fundraising. Homeworks is a, is a program that, um, p- partners t- pays teachers over the summer to go and meet with st- with students prior to they get to, before they get to school to start the parent teacher conference in the relationship building before school happens. It's known to increase parent involvement by over sixty six percent for each school that it that it participates in. We need more investment for for to pay teachers. Now, was uh, that a part of the funding package that went up to the so government? I had a bill in Jefferson City for years for the parent, the parent teacher I was on the education committee for four years in Jefferson City and that bill was was turned down uh, uh, several times I got it actually all the way to 
uh, attached to a Senate bill. Thank uh, shout out to Senator David Pierce, who's a former Senator David Pierce, who's a very big proponent, of, very helpful. Shout out to Senator Scott Sifton, who was a very big proponent of it. Uh, when those two left, uh, when, when David Pierce left the legislature as a, as a higher educa- as a cha- education chair in Jefferson City, we got that his last session. We got on a, on a Senate bill. It came all the way to the House. It got stuck on the last day, and 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 because it wasn't a priority. Well, parenting was not a priority for the Republican legislature back when when I was there, and then that bill subsequently ended up dying throughout the the rest of the time. So, I was there. I, so I the have, point I'm making is that I got there are programs point. that that absolutely work. And Look I totally I agree with, with you and saying call Karen something Kalish, works. And I'm telling you that if you want to if you want to improve parenting, all you have to do is partner with the teachers that have all uh, that that have and that, so that training. Who can disagree you can with what it. you just said? But how do you sell that? So you're talking here. Uh, this is post all of that happening. But how about uh, when these these teachers are going out and doing these visits where it's already implemented, taking a few legislatures uh, legislators on that visit so they can actually buy into well, this? Actually, how about I did do getting that. some involved community members? Well, one it would the, have to be some Republicans that you take along. We did. We so we were how we're many a Republicans trip. did you take? There was going to be a trip. Uh, my third year in the legislature uh, with, with a lot of education committee members, and it was originally sponsored by the Speaker of the House at the time. But there was a Republican who became pretty jealous about that and. Con- and pretty much got the whole tour canceled. So um, yeah, these are real tell? stories. I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell. tell on. I'm not going to tell on who oh, that wow. person kind was. Of in the but here, these are, but like, these are real hey, stories. I, so, I, I, I need people to be willing is, to tell. If you're willing to talk about it now, you have to be I'll willing talk. to tell. And uh, look, I so where the rubber meets the road is it's not just hey, there's this great program at works. Hey, here's a bunch of Democrats who are for it. There's a lot of mistrust between Democrats and Republicans. The legislature is controlled by Republicans. If you want things to happen in the city of St. Louis, you have to get buy-in from Republicans. How do you do that? You get some of the community that's actually impacted by the program to reach out to Republicans. But remember... Part of that mistrust comes from the fact that the city of St. Louis won't give a Republican an opportunity the, the to do I'm anything. Making, the yeah. point I'm making I, is that I've I spent, heard your point, but the point is that it my, didn't get no, done. You're missing the point clearly. No, it didn't I spent, get done. I spent That's much the point. of my young life convincing and, and convincing a lot of Republicans that these ideas were important and these programs were that the solutions are already there. The, yeah, and, and there are a lot of Democrats and Republicans who know what works. It's not a priority. And, and I'm not saying that. Every single Republican in Jefferson City, even every Democrat is uh, is not focused on parent involvement or reducing crime. What I'm saying is that it doesn't seem to be a priority uh, when when the uh, when the uh, when the bell sounds in Jefferson City. And but it does seem to become a priority for this for, for constituents. Uh, I just don't know city. how you can legislate, you know, good parenting. I th- I'm not saying there aren't programs that wouldn't encourage that. And I don't think I was, ever, I don't remember that program, but we could definitely do some things to improve our educational system. And that fails on the backs of Democrats and rural Republicans year after year. Mm-hmm. And we've got to do something because the majority of our prison population in the state is coming from three school districts in urban areas, and we've we've got to change something. And it's shown that a lot of people that end up in prisons have learning disabilities, and so their whole life they're failures. They can't read. They are their ADD, so they're always in trouble. And it's just this habit that develops. And we have got to do something to change that. And we get resistance from a lot of institutions, especially in education. It's not just Democrats, but it is a problem. And if we don't do not, we, it should not matter what your zip code is. You should be able to get yeah, a good education. But it we, does matter. We spent plenty of money on education. That's not the problem, but we've got to change it. So I have a very big, very honest question um, that none of us are going to have an answer to, but I'm interested in your thoughts. What makes someone 
okay with being a bad parent? Is it being the product of bad parenting? Is it drugs? Is it too many things to list? Because there's a big difference between someone who lets their baby walk alone and someone who carries their baby. There's a big difference. What do you think that difference is? Well, some... So first of all, if you have bad parents, you're more likely to be a bad parent. So it's generational. But what you're talking about is is the plight of man, right? We're we're constantly, all of us are working towards being better at whatever it is that we're striving towards and leaving behind the parts of us that tend not to be good at anything or or whatever it is that we're not good at. So you're talking about a huge, large, it's not a societal issue. It's an individual issue with each person saying, I'm just going to take care of this silo right here. I'm going to do the best I can, be the best I can, take care of my family the best way that I can and advance that way. And really, that's what our Constitution is based upon is every person saying, you know, I I, I believe for the people in this district or this area or those three school districts where these they're coming straight out of school, they're coming out of the classroom and going to prison. That is a problem. It's things that keep people up at night. And I don't care where you live. Suburban people care about that. But what you're talking about is when a person makes that switch in their mind and says, I'm going to do the best I can by these kids I've got. And if you don't have that decision made, then you'll be walking and your kids out in the street getting yeah. hit or what have you. And so that's not something we can police or legislate. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I still want to hear how funding the programs that you've discussed today could actually make a difference in the lives of constituents in the city of St. Louis it's a conversation that should be had. It shouldn't be partisan, but we can't yeah. ignore the realities. The legislature is run by Republicans. Democrats run the areas where the poverty is. Democrats have run the areas where the poverty is for the past longer than I've been alive. Mm-hmm. So if we're not going to take responsibility and ownership for what we've ruled over and wrought in the lives of these people, then how can we expect people who have nothing to do with it, who live in the suburbs, to actually pay so to fix it? Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll take this discussion national right after this. Welcome back, guys. DGS. Stacey Washington from uh, Stacey on the Right. Michael Butler, the St. Louis Recorder of Deeds. Gene Evans, Executive Director of the Missouri GOP. Uh, man, we're halfway through the think tank. We haven't said Trump once, so let's, <laughs> let's change that. Um, interesting week, Stace, for the president with uh, the chosen one and... King of Israel and Denmark and Greenland and whew, how do you, how do you personally because you're way more into this than I am but even on my show um, I had dinner last night with someone who said what's the hardest part of your job and I said that's changed the hardest part now post President Trump is knowing that anytime. I say anything the slightest bit critical about the president. I could say a hundred good things. And then the next thing I say is, I wish he wouldn't have looked to this guy and said, I'm the chosen one. I, I, I could have done that, that. Here it comes. Here comes the onslaught of the always Trumper sycophants who truly believe, I guess, <laughs> that the president is incapable of doing wrong. It That's the worst part of my job right now. I don't mind people saying Oh, I disagree with you about the president. I disagree with you about policy. I disagree this. I disagree. Let's do that all day long. I've done it for 20 years now. But it's this new phenomenon. I I don't remember people being that way about Obama. I really don't. Oh, I do. 
Okay, I do. Maybe I just wasn't as in tune to that because it didn't bother me as yeah, much. Yeah, I, I got a lot of hate mail from people who were like that about Obama when I would criticize him on certain policies. And for the record, I also got hate mail from people who were angry with me for being a Republican and saying nice things about him and his wife, about their family, their marriage, their daughters, etc. Um, I didn't feel like the personal ad hominems against Michelle Obama were appropriate or elevated the discussion. And I took a lot of flack for that in my email box. Good for you. And I was fine. I'm, you know, if I'm not a martyr. I, I took the flack. It was fine. As far as President Trump is concerned, I see a knee-jerk reaction coming from his supporters because he gets nothing but negative press. The The actual statistical analysis of his press coverage is that he gets 98% negative coverage from every outlet except Fox News, One America News Now, and Newsmax. So in the face of that, people have just put up a wall and they're like, say something bad about my guy. It's like... Uh, football teams, yeah. baseball teams. It's like, you you know, the blues. I don't let people sit around and trash the blues to me. I mean, it's not even like I'm not even a super hockey fan, but I'm like, they won the Stanley Cup. So what you got? You, you can't talk about them. It's like that, but it's on steroids. I have actually criticized the president a great deal on specific issues and things that I've disagreed with him about because I feel like it's my right. I voted for him. I'm going to say when he does something awesome. Yeah, dude, that tax cut rocking, loving it. I, I don't like this, but I tend to be much more. You know, so we're grownups, right? We we have kids, we have mortgages. I just don't have time to be upset about every little thing that the president says that he thought was a joke. The wackiness. Yeah, that everybody is kind of freaking out over. And I'm a realist. Just like I'm not going to be radically different in 48 hours. I'm not going to lose 30 pounds by Monday. Um, He's not going to be any different this time next year or 10 years from now because he's already in his 70s and his attitude and his demeanor and his humor are set. Both true. That being said... You know, it can drive people crazy if they allow it to. I pick my battles. You know what I'd rather argue about rather than him turning to the side and saying I was chosen as a joke and everybody saying he's mentally ill. Oh, my goodness. People said, uh, didn't Jamie Foxx say that Barack Obama was our Lord and Savior? We black folks. I didn't see that. And no, he's not my Lord and Savior. That spot is occupied by Jesus Christ. Thanks. You don't have to believe it, but that's where I am. But as far as the president is concerned, let's argue about something substantial here. Um we, we actually have an opportunity to do something at the southern border. We don't have any congressional members who are willing to stick their neck out and do anything about it. We have human trafficking. We have actual sexual slavery going on in America. That should be the outrage, and it should be nonpartisan outrage because a girl is a girl, a boy is a boy, an underage person being bought for 80 bucks to be trafficked into this country and then sold or left by the wayside to die should outrage every American. So if we want to argue and get worked up, I'm ready to sweat bullets over that issue as opposed to him saying I was chosen to have the trade war. You know, he could believe whatever he believes. He could almost say or do anything. But when it comes to the promises he made on that website, 100 things I'll do my first four years. I'm checking that list off. I'm actually lining through it. He did this. He didn't do that. And as long as he's lining things off of that list, He can pretty much, you know, he doesn't want to shake hands with some world leader. He thinks the French guy, the head of the French, he doesn't like him. He doesn't want to sit with him. Whatever. I'm never going to be at dinner with the president, but I will have to to live or suffer or flourish under the policies out of his administration. And it's time for us to all kind of get on that page. Well said. Stop talking to me about his Twitter. Like, I just don't care. Yeah, I'm with you. I actually absolutely agree. I I don't think Democrats are going to make gains um, by just simply attacking the president. Um, I mean, I've talked to a lot of Democrats, but I think we need to we need to be more focused on policy. Uh, you know, the first thing voters do when they think about when you attack your opponent is uh, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, there's politics 301. Define yourself before you define your opponent. And unfortunately, Hillary Clinton tried to define Donald Trump uh, almost four years ago and failed miserably at it. So 
I think on our side, we have some really good ideas uh, and some really good policy on how to improve our economy. Some really good policy on how to improve immigration. We have some really good policy on social issues, like how to improve lives, civil rights, uh, civil rights for gay Americans and African Americans. Um, how to how to make get poor, increase, improve the middle class, and get poor people uh, uh, up into the middle class. Um, and when we focus on tweets, we're not focusing on what affects the normal American. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there's a lot of things that Republicans and Democrats agree on it, 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 within those policies. There's, there's definitely some compromises there. But we've we've come to this uh, to politics of show where uh, it's more about personality than it is about policy. And I, I, I tend to be someone who doesn't engage in that and likes to, to work on the issues that matter. Yeah, the personal attacks just need to stop. I mean, it, it was terrible for Michelle Obama. It's horrible for melania trump Mm -hmm. uh for their family for vanka um it seems to be particularly bad aimed at the women although they are very personally attacked the president doesn't care um about the personal attacks but you know when we when you serve together or you've served at all you recognize that people are people Mm -hmm. and if you stick to the policies you're gonna have better relationships and even if we disagree on a policy you have your friends and people you trust are based on those relationships just like in your personal life and we've allowed this nastiness to creep into personal lives where people are unfriending people or not speaking mm-hmm. to people in their own family because they support a personality that they don't like and that's the most sad thing and it started before the president and there's no doubt about it this stuff has been going on it just keeps getting worse and yeah. worse and it, it makes it's you not feel healthy. it makes you feel like you're losing IQ points when <laughs> you're talking about should Sean Spicer be on Dancing with the Stars? Uh, yeah. yeah. It really like stays what you... Oh, oh my gosh. Can that man not just live his life? Like, okay, I don't care. What, I don't watch Dancing with the Stars, so maybe that's why I don't care. But I, so I honestly, seriously, so there's political, there's work, there's what we do for a living. There's the, the discussions we have. Like you mentioned, Gene, there's, you, you're sitting at dinner, you're having dinner. Like we could get around a table with some food and we could have a good time and we could laugh and we could walk away and maybe we didn't move the needle on anything, but we could do it. Why are we forgetting that? Right. Like, I just can't, I can't understand it. And I, I know some people who have what I call, you know, they call it Trump derangement syndrome right. where the mention of his name, they're just, they've literally morphed into someone you barely, you're like scared. That's ridiculous. We should be able to have a conversation. And, and I think, so we, could we not solve something? I bet I'm willing to bet a hundred dollars that if we sat down together and, it, and we were in charge, we could leave a room with some decisions made, yeah. and then we could say, "Because I'm a measurement person, thirty days from now, sixty days from now, when what has been done, and if it didn't get done, then the money is no longer there for that. We're trying something else. We could do that, but we don't see that happening in Washington, which is why some people need to be fired." Quick break, right back, DGS. That's DGS. Stacey Washington, our old friend from Stacey on the Right, is here. Michael Butler, St. Louis Recorder of Deeds. Gene Evans, Executive Director of the Missouri GOP. So let's drill down, as Stacey said, into some details. Michael, you were saying that you hate the ad hominem attacks because it, it deflects away from what Democrats could really do and really make some inroads and get elected in 2020 because you could the economy could be better. Um, let's talk about details. I feel like the one thing that's been proven is that even with all of his flaws, the policies that Trump brought to the country work. And like Stacy said, measurements. Let's not talk about opinions. Let's look at numbers. The numbers are great. There's this big, well, we're going to go into a recession. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. I think it's foolish to think oh that gosh. we're always going to go up. 
Nothing always goes up. That's right. It's cyclical, and it's a, it, not one person. You could make Trump king of the world. One person can't control mm-hmm. even the American economy, much less global economy. Um, but my fear, as someone who considers themselves very much an independent, is because look, if Joe Biden were the were the guy, and he could convince me that my family will be better, my four hundred one k will go up, I'll vote for Joe Biden. But I just don't see. How it happens, because it seems to me, not to be ham-fisted, that all the Democrats are talking about, Bernie came out today with a $13 trillion, trillion. with a T, climate change proposal. Which is nothing. We should stop talking about climate change, because last I checked, no one could control it. Oh. So I think think that um, this is where where the rubber meets the road. um, Someone once said it's the economy, stupid. And I think a, a lot that you're describing is, is about the economy. And the economy is good. Most voters vote on keeping a stable economy. Um, the economy is not going to be good probably November 2020. Um, we've been long overdue for a recession. And a lot of those policies, a lot of w- w- the, this economy began to grow in a Democratic presidential uh, residential year. So we could argue about that. Let, let, let's agree that the economy was all actually tanked. In 2008, when Barack Obama took the presidency, and it has risen and continued to rise since then. Um, So uh, there's been a lot of Democratic policies and Republican policies that have created this economy. What we do know is that, uh, and all economists agree, that we can't continue uh, the way we're doing with tax incentives and tax cuts and expect this economy to stay the same, not just nine months from now, but nine years from now. And what and, and what Bernie Sanders' proposal with climate change and a lot of different things is, is taking us from our, an old economy on oil to a new econ- economy that is that is on uh, where poor people uh, pay more for electricity and where people no like one, me can't have I, I can, full full time electricity. You, no I need one, three no air condensers fought, to be no running. No one fought and, harder for you know, for lower electricity rates than I did, and, and fought against the Sierra Club. Then you, you shouldn't got, support then, Bernie then, Sanders. But, but, but listen, oh the point I'm making is that we've got we've got to give more in taxes in us to photovoltaics. We, which which we know we know in an economy that, that uh, if, if it scales the photovoltaic scales that's the next oil for us we've got to get get uh for more alternative energy as far so as let the private as, sector as, do absolutely more alternative uh, so if what you're saying energy, is true let the private sector the private do sector it. is doing just ask Aaron missouri then Aaron why do we have to get Aaron the money is, trillions is in of this. dollars of tax money Aaron missouri is in this because when it because the same as cable companies needed as oil companies as cotton needs it as every other as, as every commodity in, in, in this in this country gets a lot of tax incentives and and uh and tax breaks in order to to build that industry they need it everybody else is getting it too so if we well, were that's do, a horrible so reason to do something point, <laughs> everyone else is doing it too so it's what's good enough there's another saying this was good enough for the goose is good enough for the gander and what we're and, and what part of bernie sanders plan is to take take from the goose and give to the gander take from the old economy what's what's been holding us up by shambles the old economy which is unpredictable is me. it's day give it it's, to news there's yeah, another yeah. so when you I also look, talk about I, economy, I, there I, two, I understand what you're trying to say which is the same thing bernie sanders is saying and what i'm saying is there is no good reason and no data that you can show me that proves I, that this everybody else I is getting it. We should give him thirteen trillion dollars. Is absolutely I going to bring more energy you. independence. I dare to ask you what are the two major growth industries in this country? Uh, do you, do you, apparently, you know, for you, know you as a Democrat, it's taxation no, and taking money out of my purse. I'm glad it's way over here. Gro- there are two major growth industries in this country: is healthcare, financial services. Healthcare and financial services okay. are holding our economy up. But if we, if we, if healthcare and financial services goes down, and that this is really financial services was tanked this last time, then all of a sudden we're we're in the negative. And what China, does Bernie Sanders so want to do to the health, health industry? Healthcare, he wants to 
take it to the government and give it to them. He wants to take one sixth of our Bernie economy Sanders, and give it to the government so they can turn do, it into the post office. What Bernie Great Sanders idea. wants to do is allow millions of folks who can't afford health care. You mean 10 percent of our population? Millions of people who cannot afford health care to then be able to afford it, which actually stabilizes you mean, and no, no, creates no, no. Taxpayers a better health care for people for who aren't currently insured to be insured through the government and have less opportunity to have your own doctor that's choose right. your I own network so, that's right and to get in between I the think, negotiations that unions won for us over the decades unions made it possible for people like us to negotiate with our employer and get Cadillac plans or basic plans and if you don't like the plan that you negotiated you either go back and rebargain or you get a new job Bernie Sanders wants to get in between me and my employer and say Stacy can have this government plan which by the way sucks it kills people and it's the plan that people who are on it they want off of it and this this is what you're saying you I think want? there's a lack of understanding of how... I understand yeah, it. I've read all the white papers on both sides. Works, of how and the, I've of, been of what, sick enough to actually need it. You're being, you're being kind of demeaning now and saying, no. saying yeah. that we I'm don't understand how the, the economy works. I do. I've, <laughs> I've lived in a country where they had socialized medicine. I lived in England. So I lived in Germany. And, the, and I've been to England. The, the lines yeah. to wait. So, you know, my former father-in-law passed away waiting in line to get surgery. And that was 30 years ago when they had more doctors than they do now you can't get the kind of care in these countries with socialized medicine that you can get so here. We, which is we, why we they fly from, here right that's right that's why they come here talking <laughs> about our economy to healthcare. so well, you mentioned said it no, 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 no. you no, said bernie sanders between, wanted there's to there's a difference between uh, uh, the healthcare industry and healthcare as a growth industry yeah, we're, we're, i'm 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 talking about how our economy works, how health how healthcare is an industry within our economy, and you're talking about weight weight socialized medicine, which is which is it's what not Bernie Sanders wants. It's not the same. No, well, so you Bernie, mentioned it so as a Bernie Sanders' name came up. He wants a plan that actually takes over the the 177 million Americans have employer sponsored plans. 177 million people have plans that they like that they don't want the government to adjust. Bernie Sanders and Kamala Harris and many others on the D side want to take your private health care and eliminate it and replace it with a government plan. And this is a no go for people who've already they like their plan. And for the people who are uncovered, which is That's actually 10 percent of Americans, we're going to up in one sixth of the economy for 10 percent of the Americans. Now, That's if you want to talk about price controls, the cost That's of drugs, our negotiations with other countries on how we sell drugs to them and what they pay in comparison to what we pay, the research industry that drives the price of the drugs that's a conversation but what you're saying when you bring bernie sanders into it and you you start talking about single payer you you brought bernie sanders you that's not what universal health care universal exactly that's what it is universal health care is it's it's pretty much a public option the government it's another option on top of private insurance not the way folks he presented their, it have you read what he's private, offering folks can i've folks can keep their private insurance and still have not universal under bernie sanders plan so i so there's there's a country right next door to us canada that has universal health care and everyone and comes and also, from canada to no, get good health care no Wait, they do not they so do you know do you asked me a question they do you know how do long it takes to get a ct scan in canada I, no i didn't ask you that question okay but i'm asking you do you know because you asked me what i know you've insinuated i don't know anything about the economy economy i will tell you how long it takes the wait is nine months now if you happen to have the illness that i had uh back in 2009 and i had it recurring the you know for four years and i had about 60 ct scans because in the city of st louis and st louis county mm-hmm. we have hundreds of ct machines but in canada where they have socialized medicine they have a few like maybe 20 or 30 per province their provinces are like our states 
So it takes nine months to get a CT mm-hmm. scan. Now, if you have the illness that I had how, and you can't get a how scan. How much does that CT scan cost in Canada? Uh, well, if you can't get one, it how, costs your it, life. No, it, it, if you can't get no, one, you're people dead. People in this country are yeah. dying because they can't get health care. Oh, I'm sorry. And they're going there to the are hospital and going to the emergency room dying and getting health care. We just got hundreds not, of thousands of Hundreds of thousands of people are not dying. Please shoot me the link on where you have this the data on that. I'm giving you actual facts on how many CT scans are here, how many CT scanners. They cost eighty thousand a pop. Canada can't do it, but they come here to get them. People actually fly here to get a CT scan that they can't get in their own country because of single payer. Now I'm I'm telling you, this is a non go. This is a no go. This is a no go. 177 million are saying no to you right now. No, thank you to your socialized medicine. But if you like it, once again, here's the thing. I, I think I think it's you very could, important to uh, in in what in, in what we're afraid of is that the it, it it's cheaper medicine for universal health. It, it's it's yeah, costless. You get what you pay for. It costs less, but uh, there there are longer there are there will be some longer wait times for some things. <laughs> some people and I, will no, die. I'm, and people I'm okay. Die. With, I'm you okay. With with, your I'm, life. I'm, but do you know that there are a lot of people who don't have any? They're dying because they have no access to health care here. So it's not that some people will die. There are people that are dying because not they don't have they don't have an option for health care here in, in, in America. So they do have people options. that are flying here are all, these are people in other countries who are who have the money to fly. Our healthcare system is set up for people who have money to get health care. People who don't have money who don't have access to any health care at all. And what if you Democrats don't have any are trying money, to you have do, what Democrats Medicare are trying to do are giving folks right. who don't have at any access at all to give them that access so and give them an option. No, nobody's given. private. Uh, nobody's gonna. Uh, people are always gonna be able to get privatized insurance, just like they're able to start a private company. So just like they're able you to fly public, uh, Here's fly, the thing. Fly, 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 uh, a charter plane rather, rather right. than a plane. We're gonna do one more. Se- we're gonna hold these guys over and do one more segment right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, guys. One more with Stacey Washington, Michael Butler, and Gene Evans. Stacey. Go ahead. Look, I actually think the conversation goes off the rails when people won't acknowledge that facts are being exchanged. So you talked about the top two that industries. My, that my, I have family members that have died. Okay. Right, and, that, who and couldn't I'm afford their health that, insurance. But they weren't eligible for any government programming? They were not eligible for government programs. Mm. So you, what you, you're the, saying is you've had family members who I, died from this. But you're not willing to accept the fact that the plan you're promoting also will kill people. I'm going to tell you my story. We talked about Medicaid for a second. I actually was born without the ability to walk. So this is not a life or death thing. I was born. The bones in my legs were not uh, formed correctly when I was born. Back in the in the eighties, when I first uh, when when my parents figured this out, we went and got on a program called Medicaid, a socialized program called Medicaid, and and I was able to go to Old Shriners Hospital. And get a boot on my leg, um, much like Forrest Gump. I had that on me for like three years. And I ended up being a very good athlete. I ran. I technically ran in that boot and ran out of that boot. You know, my family would not would not qualify for Medicaid under the provisions it has today. You know, there was a, a governor named Matt Blunt who came into to uh, into power in the 1990s and lowered almost lower to where he had to make it was to about to six thirteen percent to, to really low less than thirteen thousand dollars of a family of, of five of, like mine in order to qualify for medicaid my family will not qualify has not been able to qualify for medicaid since then so the point i'm making is that yes there are policies uh that are, that are out there that we can debate but and everyone has a story but i'm i'm speaking on behalf of poor people who can't afford to fly who can't afford to go to Canada, who can't afford to even get health care and who can't afford to do anything else but live in the city and the country that they're living in. And they are trying to get access to life saving 
um, uh, life-saving uh, measures. And I've had family members who've died because they couldn't. Now, lucky for me, back in the 80s and, and whoever was the governor then, that, it, uh, that program was available for me. What I'm saying is that systematically over time, I, we have changed things to where poor people have less and less access, and we're just acting as Democrats so we give people access. And the answer to what you're describing, which those are heartbreaking stories that you're telling, and my heart goes out to you, and I offer my condolences for family members that you've lost due to this, but what you're offering in response to that is to take away the health care of 177 million people. I would people never agree to that. And, I could and tell instead I of that, give them that. government health care. I would never agree to that. Well, then you shouldn't actually use your ideas in the same sentence as Bernie Sanders because his plan takes away the health care insurance for 177 million people who have employer-sponsored plans. I hear you. So, you is know, there a middle ground? Yes, there is. of course there Actually is. is. Of course it's, there it's is. It's called public option. It was mm. a big part of the Obamacare debate um, back in 2009 uh, and it was it was so close to happening. There was a senator named Ben Nelson. You guys remember sure. Ben Nelson, Nebraska, who made it his, he was the last, almost the last vote in the Senate for that public and said, hey, I will not, and he was a Democrat. He said, yeah. I will not vote for Obamacare if it has a public option. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, there's a way for folks to get, univer- get universal health care, just like universal early child education. It's very similar, Stacey but Eugene, you still have your I'm private, any idea, your private uh, 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 early child education. Any idea where the Republicans will go with health care? Let's say Trump wins and gets another four years. Well, we need to have less government involvement, quite honestly. That's what's made it so expensive. Whenever, if you look around, anytime the government starts subsidizing something, it gets more expensive. Look at college education. I mean, it used to be something you could save for. Now it's like a lifelong sentence of debt. Whenever you subsidize something, it becomes expensive. The most waste you will find in healthcare is probably in some sort of Medicare facility where people are getting rich at the hands of the government. So the more the government gets involved, and if you talk to a physician, they'll mm-hmm. tell you in private practice, not a specialist, that they've got to have 12 people on staff just to deal with the insurance and all the regulations and their time with patients has been curtailed after the ACA was implemented. Which is why so many private doctors don't want to accept that's, that that form that, of payment. That's right. And so what you end up having is this, this situation where we try to make it better and we failed miserably and we actually have made it worse. So it's healthcare is more expensive than it's ever been. Insurance is more expensive than it's ever been. I actually think we should blow the whole thing up. I was somebody who did lose my insurance. I was self-employed. Obamacare canceled my insurance. The new plan I was offered, I couldn't afford. It was over $1,000 a month mm-hmm. for a high deductible plan for one person. I was only paying three fifty before that. Mm-hmm. So this new savior to come in and give me this public option mm-hmm. was not an option. It was terrible. And I think that that's what you will continue to see. We've got to get let government, that has got to be, it's got to be the most over-controlled piece of our economy is healthcare. It is so minutely controlled, both the ins- on the insurance side and on the medical side. So I think we need to back off and let the private market because look at the, the things that aren't controlled by the private that aren't com- controlled by insurance. They've managed to keep the costs down. What do you and, think? And the, the the public option. The reason why even Democrats don't want to sign on for that as a part of anything new that we do is because it's basically incrementalism. You have the public option that's supposed to only cover anybody who doesn't have it, and then the government wheels start turning, and before long, it's. Now everyone has the public option. And if it takes 10 years or 30 years, that's the end goal for the leadership of the Democrats is everyone on the same insurance plan paid for by the government so that no one has anything better than anyone else or anything worse than anyone else. And that's not the American ideal, nor will it work. And it's unfundable. We don't have the money. Even if you took everything from every rich person in America for the rest of their lives and all of their assets, we still couldn't fund it. What is the conservative answer for 
Michael, for poor people that don't have access to health care? There are federally qualified health clinics all over the state that offer health care. Um, 33,000 of them over the over the entire country. 33,000 of them. There are a lot of... And the, the biggest probably issue is rural access, quite honestly, because if you live in the in the city or a suburban area, if you have a life-threatening situation, you go to a hospital, you'll be treated. Now, for preventive care, it's it's not the same. There are some things that you can do, and there are clinics, and there are, there are tons of programs and plans all over the place. It's in the rural areas where we really struggle to give access to people because without the numbers of people, it's hard to support that. So there really is a crisis in rural health care, and I don't know what the answer to that is, but I don't think that more subsidies is the, is the answer. I just I just don't. And I've seen it work in the opposite direction. It used to be you could pay, you know, you could pay your doctor with a couple of chickens or whatever, but you can't, doctor can't operate in a small town in, in Missouri because they can't afford to. Mm-hmm. They can't afford to c- keep up with the, incline, the all the compliance that's required by the government and have one little doctor's office in the middle of, you know, rural Missouri. So uh, unfair because we only have about four minutes left, but Michael, taking healthcare out of it for a moment, mm-hmm. if Bernie, I'm sorry, if Biden is mm-hmm. not the guy, for whatever reason, he gets tired and he just says, I'm done. Do you feel in your heart of hearts that anyone but him, the the more leftist people can win? I do. I do. I um, I think that Elizabeth Warren has a, a, a very good vision for for this country. And I think she's she's right on. And, and a lot of the, the positions that we're talking about, kind of a, a compromise position from really far left and, and center. Uh, I think that Kamala Harris has is, is in that space, too. Julian Castro has a lot of experience um, in, in uh, being a, a secretary of, uh, of HUD. He's for he, open borders. He, he, I, think, I think he's a great candidate. The thing is, um, I, there's a lot that goes into winning a campaign and energy and excitement has, has a lot to do with that. And Biden Stacey, seems to not, is there anybody that you not doing that fear is well. a bad word, but anyone on the whoever's left in 2020 right now, anyone that especially gives you a nerve nervousness? Not really. And it's not because I don't value the two party system. I actually would prefer it if they had a strong candidate because it keeps both sides on their toes. If you're running against nothing, you can almost do anything. You don't have to be disciplined. Now, I'm not saying the president is undisciplined. Please don't put words on my mouth. You know, email me, but not about that. <laughs> but I, I, my issue is that when I just sit down and, and so I don't want to read anything that Elizabeth Warren has, you know, I, I don't want to listen to her statements. I want to read what she's offering on her on her website or what her policy positions are. Every one of them. If I go to their website or if I look at what they're advocating for, it's not the America that moves us forward, that gets more poverty stricken people, uh, good education, safer neighborhoods, uh, more health insurance. There is nothing they're offering that actually works on paper that has been statistically shown or shown to work. There's nothing. So that's why I'm not considering any of them. But it's not that I haven't looked or that I'm unwilling to see what they're offering. It's that none of them are offering anything that will work. Yeah, the poverty rates are continue to go down. I think it it does come down to the economy. Um, Having worked in the economy, I was a stockbroker in 2008 and and lived through that disaster. I don't see anything coming like that. Not to say it can't happen, but for a recession, you have to have two consecutive quarters negative GDP. We're we're nowhere near that. So unless something really goes off the rails here quickly, I think we're going to be fine next year. So it looks like um, for most people, they're going to be better off. I know I am. And I don't know anybody who wants a job that doesn't have a job. Like people are doing really well. They're updating their homes. They're moving to bigger homes. Mm -hmm. Eating out. 
Oh, packing yeah. out everywhere you go. There's just chalk with people eating out and doing whatever. And mm-hmm. the the actual statistics on what people are doing, taking vacations, putting their kids in private school, moving to bigger homes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the housing market is a little it's a little weird because builders don't have enough funds to actually right. create more new homes. But I think that will correct. Just like people told me last year, we will not have wage growth in 2019. Well, wage growth is at about three percent. That's what far more than the analysts predicted. Target, Target's results were incredible. Oh my goodness, I yeah. mean, people are going yeah. to Target and buying a bunch of stuff people are making money money. if they bought target stock which you know there's a huge boycott going on but if you ignored that and bought stock you made money this year right yeah uh great thank you for staying extra uh michael butler gene evans stacy where do people find you stacy on the right stacy on the right.com and you can listen to me at listen.stacyontheright.com very good thank you guys appreciate it thank you thank you